Hi everybody. Hey. Welcome back to Date Night at the Coffee Shop. Uh, I'm Bart. I'm Sam. And we are glad you guys are joining us today. Um, we are definitely going to have a lot of fun with this one. This yes. is one of our, our favorite things. Um, so today we're going to be talking about uh, something that many of you probably know is near and dear to our heart. Um, and that is dogs. I'm so excited. Yeah. Those of you that know us know that we're very much animal people, um, and, and specifically dog people. Um, we have two dogs of our own. We have a cat and we enjoy her presence a lot. Yeah. She's cool. She's just not quite as... Affectionate. Yeah. She kind of <laughs> does her own thing. Uh, but the dogs command our constant attention. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> So, but yeah, we're big dog people, um, so we're going to be talking about dogs today, and we're excited. This is going to be fun. I know, after um, the week we've had, it's definitely going to be a pick-me-up, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 been a rough week this week, so um, <laughs> we're excited to get to do this and have a little bit, a little bit of fun, and we're glad you guys are joining us. Um, our coffee today comes from a company called Counter Culture Coffee. Um, they were founded in 1995. Um, they're, they really push for sustainability, um, and also diversity, uh, and inclusion. Um, the specific coffee that we're trying today is called Big Trouble, um, and it's tasting notes, uh, on the bag state caramel, nutty, and round. Um, now it doesn't say actually if it's, what kind of roast it is, if it's dark, medium, or light roast. Um, looking at the beans, it looks like it's about a medium roast, I would imagine, but I, I, I looked, the bag doesn't say, I looked on the website, can't find it, um, so, you know, it is what it is, but, um, it smells good, that's for sure. Yeah, it does smell really good, um, the color of the beans let me know that it's probably a medium roast, I would guess, I'm not an expert, we just do this for fun, but, um, so this the is, the smell definitely smells more medium than yeah. it does dark. Mm -hmm. So, again, this is Big Trouble by Coffee Culture. Um, we'll go ahead and take our first sip. Okay. Mmm. Mm -mm. Not a fan? Mm -mm. I like it. Mm -mm. I definitely... I can taste the caramel. Um, a little nuttiness. It's not as, as dark as I, I like, but it's... It's it's a little bolder than, than most mediums, I would say. Um, mm -mm. Not a fan, huh? Not a fan. Okay. Well, what, what would you rate it? I would give it a five. A five? That's still pretty I'm a high nice praise person. for not a fan. I'm a nice person, okay? Truthfully, it's probably more like a four. I can appreciate what it is, but I just... It's, it's too bitter, way bitter see i don't i don't taste that i, I feel like it, it's really smooth um i like this a lot actually no 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 no. i'd probably give this a high uh, acidity i can't no thank you yeah i'd probably give it a seven mm -mm. seven yeah that's pretty fair yeah um it's good it's not the best that we've tried i'm um, excited but to, it, it's i can tell that like i don't know like i'd be willing to try a different roast mm -hmm. you know different different label but not a fan of this one okay good to know so that was big trouble by coffee culture counter -culture. um counterculture 
counterculture coffee. Um, I think we found it on Amazon. You can find their website, uh, counterculturecoffee.com, um, and order straight from them. Or like I said, you can just find them on Amazon either way. Um, but all right, let's go ahead and get into our topic today. We're talking about dogs. Um, we're excited about this one. So lay it on me. What did you find about dogs? Let's talk about the history. Okay. So, uh, it's originally thought that the first domesticated wolves appeared around 15,000 years ago in the Middle East, but new evidence suggests that it was much earlier than that. Um, Mm. so, um, well, actually it's like much later. So Swedish, basically Swedish geneticist Pontus Skogland published a study in 2015 in the Journal of Current Biology describing his findings of a 35,000-year-old Siberian wolf bone. He concluded that the that canine domestication may have first occurred 27 to 40,000 years ago. So it was much later instead. Right. Well, much earlier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what That's I mean. that's a pretty big jump from 15,000 to 27 to possibly 40,000. So mm-hmm. that's It's a big a big gap for sure. So, there's evidence for domestication in China, the Middle East, and Eastern Europe. According to Gregor Larson, an archaeologist and geneticist, gray wolves were domesticated by humans somewhere in Western Eurasia. Mm -hmm. Um, He basically says that people in the East were also domesticating wolves at the same time. Basically, where and when domestication occurred isn't entirely agreed upon. There have been numerous studies on dog and wolf DNA and on ancient canine bones. They've done genome mapping, too. Um, So in Newgrange, Ireland, which we've talked about this place before, um, there's a passage grave there, passage tomb. Um, They found an ancient dog dog bones and tested them against dog genome and the wolf genome, and they didn't really match either. Uh So I thought that was pretty interesting. So it's like they didn't quite line up with dog, they didn't quite line up with wolf. So, right, so like, some kind of like in-between mm-hmm, kind of deal. Mm-hmm, the missing link. So in the, the transition from more wolf-like to an actual domesticated mm-hmm. dog. Absolutely. Um, it got super deep on the Wikipedia page with like <laughs> genetic testing and like technical jargon and all that kind of stuff. It's really fascinating if you're into if you're into it, but it's got really like, it got real deep real fast. <laughs> um, uh, we'll, we'll stick with the cliff notes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's theorized that women may have actually been the first to make these wolves um, pets, according to Catherine M. Rogers. She's a professor of English from Brooklyn. Um, she wrote a book called First Friend about it. And if I'm being honest, I don't really see a huge leap there with that. Like, since women were, like, home more, mm-hmm. you know, like how they would, like, domesticate them, like, throw scraps or what, you know, like, that. I can see it. Possibly. However, with that being said, I can also see the case for men too, as men and wolves would be hunting the same prey. Right. Yeah. Teaching them to to hunt with them. Yeah. That's, yeah. That makes more sense to me. Yeah. As a as a like a a start to the domestication. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was once thought that humans captured the wolf the wolf pups for pets, and domestication, like from there. But many scientists actually believe that wolves were first attracted to human camps to scavenge for leftover food, um, especially the wolves that didn't have a pack of their own. And then a survival of the friendliest type thing occurred. Um, They describe it as a self-domestication. 
So there's an article from the Smithsonian that makes a great case for this, and it, like, really washes, like, kind of, like, washes the whole humans kidnapped, you know, pups for pets theory. The article mentions that if you spent any time around wolves and you know that they were a human competitor, it seems highly unlikely that the humans would um, intentionally add more mouths to feed, especially ones that are, like, super aggressive and bitey, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Food was already scarce, so why why would they add this other mouth that potentially will bite them. Yeah, exactly. Um, doesn't really seem like there's a whole lot to gain out of that. Yeah. I mean, they're cute, but at what cost? Like, yeah. at the cost of your hand and being maimed? I don't think so. Um, so, it says that wolves were like... The wolves that were friendly got more reliable food. Therefore, they were able to come by it much easier and so on and so on. All right. That makes sense. So, that's like kind of like the same idea of like uh, deer... That get like really close to the road because they've been there for forever. They're kind of used habituation. To, is that what that's called? Yeah, habituation. Yeah. Um, so they just kind of get used to it. They recognize that like they're not really in danger and they have a better chance of getting better food mm-hmm. if they are just chill out. not quite so aggressive. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. So there was another study done on foxes that actually supports this theory. In Russia, a study was done on the domestication of foxes, and it was found that the foxes that were more comfortable with human interaction mm. were also really good at picking up on human social cues. Right. Um, so the selection of foxes also had the unintended consequence of making them look increasingly more adorable. So the ones that were more friendly got cuter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so... Wolves are already... But were, did they really get cuter, or were they just cuter because they were friendly? Or was it like a perceived kind of thing? I don't know. That's a good question. That's a really good question, because it's like it's almost like if they're friendlier, you can... We'll get into a little bit of, like, anthropomorphizing, mm-hmm. but you get into that, like, aww, like, it's so cute, like, yeah. where they have, like, a, a bond, because they pick up on social cues, you know? Right. So. so, this study, though, so they're studying foxes, did they answer the most pressing question about foxes Hmm. (laughs) what does the fox say did we figure that out they yeah and they wrote a whole song about it okay so you can look it up it's great i i've heard i've heard it so this is this must be that song is the answer to the study the study like they were figuring it out i bet and they wrote the song i bet it's like from the same you know research institute right Right, for that, sure. That checks out. It does. So, so because of <laughs> science, we now understand what the fox it says. Absolutely. <laughs> so, like, um, since wolves are already pack animals with a social structure, it makes sense that they would pick up on, like, social cues, the social cues of humans. Right. And according to that same study, it takes, uh, it's, it was a 40-year experiment on foxes, um, it takes six to eight generations to domesticate a canine, which is a really long time. Wow. Yeah, that is a long time. Especially, and I wonder if that's in our generations now or if it's in generations. I'm sure it probably means like the dog's generations. Oh, that makes sense. I thought it was like. Like, like it, it takes six to eight. Litters and like. Yeah. yeah. Like descendants before mm-hmm. it is. That makes much more sense. Because I was thinking, like, because humans don't live nearly as long as they used to. I mean, they live longer now than they used to, is what I mean. Yeah. Okay, dog generations. That makes much more sense. So, basically, like, they just kind of were like, oh, if I'm cute, I get more food. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how they they domesticated themselves. Right. 
And it, since it's more reliable and it's a lot of work to take down like a woolly mammoth and all that kind of stuff, it's like much easier if you just can pick on the scraps after like the hunters have killed it and taken what they need, you know, and like they can follow them back. So I thought that was really interesting on like the, the domestication side of it. Okay, so let's get into some breed info. I'm super excited. Oh yeah, okay. I love, there, there's several breeds that I, that I love. Yes. But. I love talking about the different kinds. Okay. So, in 2012, a study found a deep genetic split between Old World and New World wolves and confirmed mm, the genetic diver divergence of 13 breeds. So, before we get into these, these next breeds we're talking about, these are, like, specifically Ancient. from, like, like wolf mm -hmm. genes. So more like wolf type dogs, not mm -hmm. just like, not that these are like the only 13 breeds of dogs. Right. Correct. Yeah. And they used to be called um, ancient breeds, but we'll get to that in a second. Okay. So Afghan Hound, Akita, Alaskan Malamute, American Eskimo, Basenji, Canaan uh, Dog, Chow Chow, Dingo, New Guinea Singing Dog, Saluki, Samied, Sharpay, Siberian Husky, plus another three, the Eurasia, Finnish Spitz, and Shiba Inu. Mm -hmm. So of these 13, the study referred to these 16 as basal breed since they, were since they all exhibited genetic divergence, but not all of them were historically considered to be like ancient breeds. But according to the genome, these are ancient breeds essentially. Right. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. Like, we can have like wolves. Yeah, I like most of those. Um, Shiba Inus are so cute. They are. Shiba Inus are great. Oh. Um, I know a couple people that have some, and they're just fantastic. Oh, so um, That's so good. One of our adorable. I've always been a big fan of 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 a uh, of huskies, the Siberian huskies. Yes. You, did you know that John, my cousin John, he he also has a podcast, mm -hmm. um, Blood Sweat and Popcorn. He ha is like fostering a Shiba Inu, I believe. Yeah, I think yeah. I saw that on Facebook. So cute. But yeah, oh gosh, I love like the Alaskan Malamute and like the Eskimo. And the Samoyed's cute too, because that's really like, that's one of those fluffy looking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Super cute. Um, so a dog breed is represented by a sufficient number of individuals to stably transfer its specific characteristics over generations. An individual dog is identified as a um, number of as a member of a breed through proof of ancestry using genetic analysis or written records of ancestry. Um, groups of owners that have dogs of the same breed and have an interest in dog breeding can form national kennel clubs. Kennel clubs maintain breed standards, uh, they record pedigrees on a breed registry or a stud book, um, and they issue the rules for confirmation um, dog shows and trials and accreditation of all the judges and all that kind of stuff. They often serve as uh, registries, which are lists of like the adult purebred dogs and lists of litters of puppies born to those purebred parents. So I thought that was, I didn't realize that it was just like that the kennel clubs could be like breed specific. You know what I mean? Like that's how. Oh really? Yeah. Cause that's what it said. It said that like having an interest in like the same kind of breed, you can form a kennel club for, Seems, I mean, I mean, I guess it makes sense, but I never really just thought about, like, people can just make a kennel club. I know, that's some rich people stuff. But, yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Okay, so the popular and well-known kennel clubs are the Federation. I'm not even going to try this. So, um... Synologique. Sounds French, for sure. Yeah, international. Yeah, it's definitely French. Um, So the Kennel Club from the UK, the American Kennel Club, New Zealand Kennel Club, Canadian Kennel Club, United Kennel Club, United Kennel Clubs International, which is German, and then the Australian National Kennel Council. So those are like the most popular ones. Um, The AKC is the one that I'm most familiar with. Right, yeah, that's the one where they have the big show every mm-hmm. year absolutely i like watching through that sometimes I know. It's, it's pretty interesting seeing what they can do and learning like some of the specifics about the different breeds mm-hmm. it's really fun so recognized dog breeds are classified by groups such as hound terrier working herding sporting non-sporting toy and miscellaneous um, some groups may be further uh, subdivided by some registries so i create i there's a link there there should be a link um there are and that lists all of the dog breeds if you want to um that's cool so we'll include that into the show notes so you guys can check that out too yeah okay so do we want to like take a break and talk about how it's kind of like elitist for like dog breeding to occur and like all that kind of stuff or like are we gonna just like skip that over i mean sure we can talk about it for a second (laughs) i don't know i just it bothers me that it's like such it's tied to like puppy mills you know, like these like designer dogs and like trying to like breed them as tiny as they can get and like have these specific things. And if they don't match, then they're like not as good. And like some of these dogs are crazy expensive. Like Yeah, it does. It, it does bother me how expensive people like how much people are charging for dogs and like how much people I mean, people are paying for it. Like that's ridiculous. There are millions of dogs in a pound somewhere mm-hmm. yeah and that's what really bothers me like there's a dog like the the newfoundland like the new feed like that i love and i want so badly but it's so expensive it's so expensive and i just like spay and neuter your pets people because like there are so many dogs in shelters and people just continue to breed them yeah. okay moving on <sighs> facts so let's get to some facts about dogs um there's scientific ed- scientific evidence supporting the bond between humans and dogs when people look into each other's eyes we bond emotionally and release a hormone called oxytocin a study found that when we uh, when dogs and people gaze into each other other's eyes the same hormone is released in both humans and the dogs fun fact that's also the hormone that's released whenever you're like breastfeeding and like that's why you're you and your kid like bond so much whenever you're like breastfeeding your kid Mm -hmm. Isn't that so cool? Yeah, so there's like an actual chemical bond. Yes. That, that you bond with, with dogs. So cute. That checks out. I'm, I get really attached to dogs. I know. More so than most people. I know. They're the best. Oh. Um, so this bond uh, may actually be hindering some of a canine's skills. Really? So, yeah. When given an unsolvable puzzle, wolves try lots of different trial and error tactics to solve the problem. And um, they get after the puzzle, like, physically. So, like, they go after it. Mm-hmm. But dogs do something completely different. At the first sign of trouble, they look back to their human companion for help. Which is adorable, I think. Um, this experiment hints that uh, dogs may have lost some of their physical problem-solving uh, abilities in favor of some more social strategies. Ones that rely on um, the unique sort of cooperation domesticated dogs have with humans. So, right. 
So, okay. <laughs> I would posit, though, that them looking back to the human is a problem-solving sol- problem technique because they know that the human is probably going to help them out. Okay. Which is probably actually more efficient than the wolves. <laughs> I'm just saying. Than just biting it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get that. I totally get that. So, I mean, not saying that this study was wrong, but I think they might kind of, they're looking at it the wrong way. I wonder if they're talking about, like, the length of time, too, because the wolves, like, try multiple techniques, but the dogs, whenever they're, like, at the first sign of, like, what's going on. Yeah, maybe if, if they did something here that showed, like, if, if the human didn't help them, then they just gave up. Okay, then I yeah. can see that. Yeah. So, but I think, yeah, it's like at the first sign of trouble, the dog's like, well, what am I supposed to do? And they look look back at their human kind right. of thing. So, yeah. But I do agree that looking for additional help is a problem-solving strategy, for sure. Yeah, it just depends on the way you look at it. Yeah. Um, studies have discovered that living with a dog, especially when you're young, will prevent you from having allergies when you're older. Thanks, Mom and Dad. I didn't have a dog when I was younger. And so I have allergies. I wonder if, you did have dogs when you were younger. Not like little. And I wonder if it applies to pollen. Maybe I'm just being bitter. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that applies. <laughs> I think it just means like dog allergies. Yes, yeah, pet allergies. Uh, by having a dog, your immune system is boosted. And the pet will also lower your risk of suffering from asthma and also eczema. Okay, I have eczema. So I'd, where, where's the problem here? Hmm? I don't know. Your immune system doesn't need long with a dog to be uh, boosted either. Just a short amount of time is enough. Isn't that cool? So the, you, the short amount of time you had with the dog, though, should have been enough. So it's not about, it's not whether, about the whether or not you had a dog. Darn, that sucks. Um, one of the best scientific studies on dogs showed that just patting a dog for 18 minutes increased saliva and raised... Uh, immunoglobulin yes immunoglobulin levels in the saliva these raised levels means that you have a very strong immune system Hmm. interesting so if you don't have a pet just go pet one for 18 minutes a day for i don't know however long you need to to that's that is the answer to coronavirus yeah petting dogs everybody just needs more dogs yep more dogs will cure corona it's fine it's fine Everybody go rescue a dog. We'll knock this thing out Yeah, in a couple of weeks. I love it. Um, Some of the best scientific studies on dogs relating to heart health have discovered that dogs can dramatically reduce your chances of having a heart attack or stroke. Dog owners have a decrease in blood pressure compared to non-dog owners. And dog owners also have a a reduction in cholesterol levels and also in triglyceride levels. So having a dog just generally makes Makes you you healthier. healthier. I wonder how much of this, though, is related to, like, physical activity. Because dogs require W-A-L-Ks and all that kind of stuff. And, like, being... You know what I mean? Yeah. I wonder how much of that is, like, confounded in Mm -hmm. there, you know? But still, it doesn't matter. Having a dog makes you healthier. Go get a dog. So the reason why I wanted to do this this week is because International Dog Day is August 26th. Oh, wow. So that's in just a few days. But by the time this comes out, I think it'll be like... A few days after. A couple of days after, yeah. So celebrate Dog Day by going and adopting a dog. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. Everybody oh. else. <laughs> we've Darn got it. We've got Darn enough. it. 
okay, there have been some studies on the effects of anthropomorphism of pets, especially dogs. Um, you know what? Actually, before we jump into that, let's... Since International Dog Day is August the 26th, we'll go ahead and release this one a little bit early. Okay. So we'll release it on International <sighs> Dog Day. That is not what so, I thought you were going to say. So that means so. that today is International Dog Day for those of you listening. Woohoo! Yeah. Yay! I mean, I'm excited for that, but that's not what I thought you were going to say. Um, okay. Well. <laughs> I want to adopt another dog. <sighs> I'll get you there. One of these days. I'll get you there. Just not right now. I know. So there have been some studies on the effects of anthropomorphism of um, pets, especially dogs, that talk, um, especially dogs, and it talks about how it can be dangerous because it causes pet owners to mistake key warning signals from dogs and lead to behavioral problems. Okay, so before we get to an example here, I just want to kind of explain a little bit about what anthropomorphism is. Yeah, go for is. it. That's a pretty big word it's a big there word. That, that some people won't. A lot of, I mean, especially those of you listening probably all know what this is, but just in case you haven't... Because if you're listening, you're a nerd. Yeah. If you're not <laughs> a nerd, though, um, anthropomorph... Anthropomorph... Ah, sorry, tongue twister. Anthropomorphism basically means that you kind of... Ascribe. Yeah, you ascribe, you kind of place your own, like, human qualities onto something that's not human. Correct. So looking at it like it's a... Look, look, looking at your dog and... and Kind of having the the feeling that they're a little human, that they understand you, that they connect with you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. That's anthropomorphizing um, the dog, giving it human characteristics. Which I'm gonna go ahead and confess, we totally do. Oh, I do it all day long. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not like saying I'm not saying don't do that. I think it's adorable, but that's what that means. Yeah. And apparently maybe it's not such a great idea sometimes. Yes. So I read some studies about how like it can be um, bad for like health stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. because you can like ignore it if you think, if you're viewing them through the lens of like a human, Mm -hmm. you can ignore some like health issues that may be going on that they're trying to tell you. Yeah, I can see that. But I do say, I I, I can see this point here um, about missing key warning signals. Mm -hmm. So so possibly seeing something that like where where they're either getting agitated or, mm-hmm. or anxious and and then you kind of thinking that it's a different a different thing. So yeah, the example that the that was given multiple times in the studies were um, getting in their face and kissing them and like mm-hmm. hugging them kind of thing. Like if you don't know your dog or I mean even if you do, like you have to be mindful whenever you do that because like I know people who get in dogs' faces and like. They don't like that. Like, that's not a dog thing. That's not the... <laughs> well, Bella does. Well, yeah. But, like, a lo- most dogs most don't. Most dogs don't. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Like, they'll come to your face and, like, they want to, like... Because that's where your the sound comes from and that's, like, you just ate, whatever. But, like, you going towards them and, like, that can be really dangerous. Yeah. Right? Like, you can, it can be super, super dangerous to, like, come at a dog viewing them as a human. You're like, oh, I'm going to get in your face because I love you and kiss you. But it's, like... You're right there near the pointy end. Let's let's be careful with that. Right. That's yeah. the business end. Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of the pointy end, um, puppies have 28 teeth and normal adult dogs have 42. That's a big gap. Yes. Actually. Like, I didn't... It also takes a really long time for, the, for them to get in their molars. Yeah. Yeah, because she actually, Bella, she's what, like four, five? She's five. Yeah, she just got hers in, like, within the last year or two like she didn't ha- she had a little gap there <laughs> in between like her back teeth and her front teeth for a really long time mm, yeah yeah so it takes a long time for them to come in also let's just talk a little bit about puppy teeth because puppy teeth are incredibly sharp 
Right. And I don't get it. I don't understand. They don't. It doesn't need to be that strong. Yeah, they don't like do a lot of like biting to like. No. They don't protect themselves. No. Older dogs do, so you'd think their teeth would be sharper. I know it's ridiculous. Like, puppy teeth hurt the worst. Yeah. Like it's like a cat scratch. They're like little cat claws. It's horrible. I want another puppy so bad. Well, <laughs> keep one. <laughs> okay, so dogs have three eyelids, which I didn't know this. Um, I did. They have an upper lid, a lower lid, and a third lid called a nictating membrane, or haw. Nictitating, I think. Oh, yeah, nictitating, um, which keeps the eye moist and protected. So is that the thing that I see whenever she's over there snoring and she doesn't close her eyes all the way? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just this inner kind of lid that just kind of protects her eyeball. That's so cool. A little bit, I guess. Oh, fun fact I'm going to share with them. We found out what kind of dog she is. Kind of, sort of. The vet said that it's a Malinois? Malinois? Malinois. Malinois Shepherd and Pitbull mix. So That's good to know. I know. I'm super excited. Um, okay. This next fact will resonate with us deeply. Okay. Um, dogs who bark the most. Uh, Cairn Terriers, Yorkshire Terriers, Fox Terriers, West Highland White Terriers, and Miniature Schnauzers. Of course. <laughs> that tracks. Yeah, that makes sense. That's... He barks so much that when he's at the border or at the vet, he comes home hoarse. Yeah, he'll drive himself hoarse all the time. Yep. It's quite annoying. <laughs> um, highly trainable dog breeds like Golden Retrievers, um, Labrador Retrievers, German Shepherds, and Collies are more kid-friendly than some other breeds. Hmm. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Because, like, I wonder if they respond better. Since they're highly trainable, they respond better to, like, know and, you know what I mean? Yeah. Makes more sense. I wonder okay. if that has anything to do with, like, their um, sociability, like, you know what I mean? Um, so, the 10 funniest dog breeds. I have a list of this. You ready? Okay. Yeah, let's, let's talk about the funniest ones. Okay. First um, of all, I want to I hear you pronounce this. Oh, Lord. Oh, no, I dropped my pen. Give me a second. Pause the recording. Okay. Whew, sorry about that. Um, yeah, I don't know about this one. So Zolo, it's Kunatli. Your turn. I would probably say you studied. You studied. Sholowitz Quintley. Oh, that's probably right because that's probably more right. So those of you that are listening at home, <laughs> it's spelled. X-O-L-O-I-T-Z-C-U-I-N-T-L-I. It's a lot of consonants right together. Um, this reminds me of the... What's the, the tribe and the the ruler in Mexico that you studied? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you studied Are you it. talking about the Mesoamerican god Quetzalcoatl? Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm... a snake up. Yes. You can pronounce that much better than I can. I need to practice. So, yes. Okay. That's what this reminds me of. Um, so, this Mexican hairless breed is not only funny looking, it's also quite rare. These lovable pups were considered sacred by the Aztecs, the uh, Toltecs, and Mayans, and were thought to have healing properties. Hmm. They look a lot like um, the Anubis dogs. Yes. Yeah, they do. They um, do. What are those called? Mm. I think they're like Greyhound, right? No, there's another one. Greyhound's a different one. 
Um, I can't remember what they're called. It's not like Egyptian hound or anything, is it? Maybe. I don't know. But, the, you know, the ones that, that Anubis is supposed yes. to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, represent. They look, they look a lot like that. They do. Kind of mixed with and a dingo. And they're black. Almost. Yeah, and they're black. Yeah. They're really pretty. They're cute. Okay, so this one is funny. I like this name. Uh, Neapolitan Mastiff. I love Neapolitan <laughs> Mastiffs. They're so cute. They are, and they're so floppy. Yes. They have, like, so many folds, and they're huge. Yes, they massive, get wrinkles. Massive. Mm-hmm. massive wrinkles and sags. They, it underestimates their size, and there's nothing funnier than uh, seeing a huge dog leap. Like, it's like, they're, like, just skin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, I think they might be the biggest Mastiff. I think you may be right. Maybe not, because we may get in, we'll get into our favorite beads, breeds in just a minute. But a boar bull may be bigger. Okay, maybe. Um, but yeah, like super cute. Um, so the next one is Bergamasco. Uh, it's the, the the Bergamasco Shepherd is a sheep dog with an un, with an usual matted coat. Oh, this um, is the one that looks like a big mop. There are two that look like a big mop. Oh, just wait! Oh, I didn't okay. know this. How cool is this? Um, so it looks like it has locks. Yeah, it's got like 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 dreadlocks mm-hmm. all over its body. Yes. Um, so the next one is Chinese crested. So this these are the ones that are hideous. Okay, so this one it looks like a chihuahua with a mohawk. With like a mohawk <laughs> or like a horse mane. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, it, yeah. It's it's like a. a a chihuahua with a horse mane. Yeah. That is a, a Chinese crested. And it's so tiny. It is horrendous. <laughs> uh, the next one is a Puli. Uh, um, this this is, is, I think this is the more common one of the yeah, mop dogs. Definitely. This is the other one that looks like a mop. Um, it's a Hungarian herder whose tight curls make it virtually waterproof. That's cool. Yep. So, I mean, this hair really is locked. Like, yeah. it really is. Like Yeah. Um, so, they're fast, agile, headstrong, and loyal animals, but... Like they're hilarious. I love this one and the. I didn't know that there was a second one. The the Pooley is the one that I knew of. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about the Burger Moscow. So this next one, the Brussels Griffin, hideous. Yeah, this one looks weird. It kind of looks like a. Um, what's the what's the squished face dog? Pug. Not not a pug, but like a. Uh, Sharpe. Is it a Pekingese? Oh yeah 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 yeah. Or yeah. a Shih Tzu. Yes, yes. One I of think those. maybe it's Pekingese. I think. Um, so it looks kind of like a Pekingese face on a Jack Russell Terrier's body. <laughs> That's true. That it does look like that. It's so funny, and yeah. it looks. It looks. It says on the notes. It says um, looks kind of like um, a monkey. It does look a little bit like a monkey. <laughs> yeah. Don't say it that way. You make it look cute that way. It's still <laughs> ugly. Um, the Dandy Denmont Terrier. It looks like a Schnauzer with bedhead. With like. Yeah, so it's like a little miniature schnauzer here, but it's got like this little poof on top of its head. <laughs> um, Which is not typical of their hair type, so like most of the time it should like, their hair should kind of lay down. Exactly. Yeah, it looks like it's, it's teased. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a little afro. <laughs> uh, let's see, the next one is Dachshund. I love um, Dachshunds. Obviously, wiener dog. Um, and that's apparently the one of America's most popular pets. Really? Mm-hmm. That's kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. Huh. I don't know anybody that's got any. I, knew, I mean, my dad used to. Yeah, but. I knew a girl in college. Lindsay, she had one. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love dachshunds, though. They're they're so smart. I know. They're like and there's, the like, there's a lot of different like hair types. Yeah. Like, too. So that's cool. Um, 
Bedlington Terrier. I didn't hear. I didn't know about this one before, but this one looks kind of like a sheep and a poodle and a dog. Like it, it's. It does. It looks yeah. like a sheep. It's it looks so... like a sheep mixed with a poodle. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird, but it's got like that weird slanted, slanted face. Head. Yes. Um, kind of like the next, like the bull terriers. It looks like one of those droids from. Uh, oh, Star- it does. It does look like it. <laughs> it looks like a battle droid from Star Wars. <laughs> oh, that's funny. The last. It's funny that you mentioned bull terrier because that's the last one on the list. Um, it's got the egg shaped head that's flat on t- and it slopes down. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a big slope down from its the top of its head down to its nose. Yeah. Absolutely. They're so funny looking. I know. Um, but I like them. Yeah. So those are like the funniest dog breeds according to like this list I found. So I thought that was really good. Yeah. So we can talk a little bit about like our favorite dog breeds if you want. Um, yeah. Let's, so so what are what are your favorites? Don't make me pick. But no. Okay. So let's pick, um, <laughs> let's pick three dog breeds. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, oh, this is difficult. Definitely Newfoundland or Newfoundland, whatever the Newfies. Mm-hmm. Found about, I found out about those the other day, and I'm in love. I think they're adorable. They look like bears. Mm-hmm. They're um, a sheepdog, right? Yeah, yeah, they're the best. Um, let's see. Beagles. Beagles are just like classic. I like beagles. Yeah, yeah. they are classic. They're very smart. Yeah. And I don't and know. I feel like they're highly trainable. Absolutely. And then. I say husky. Husky. Yeah. Siberian husky, or just like any of the any of the husky looking breeds. Is there any that you're particularly like Alaskan Malamute or? I like Alaskan Malamutes, but I've heard that they're a little bit more aggressive. Mm. Like they're a little bit more, and they're actually much bigger than like a Siberian husky. So I don't know, but I do like them because I like big fluffy dogs. Yeah. All right. So my three. My one of my all-time favorite dogs is the what you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. the Boer Bull, um, the otherwise known as the African Mastiff. Yeah. They are enormous. They're huge. They're like they just they're like super muscled up usually, and they just look awesome and super super cute. <laughs> um, so Boer Bulls. Um, I've always, I've always been a big Husky fan too, but probably, I like Siberian Huskies a lot, but I also like bigger dogs, so probably an Alaskan Malamute, Mm -hmm. since they're bigger. Yeah. Um, and then my third one, I don't know, probably, it's kind of a hard pick. Hmm. Probably an American Bulldog, maybe. Oh, yeah. I like American Bulldogs. They're great. Yeah. Or Those... Pits. I'm, I, I love Pit Bulls, too. Yeah. They're they're both pretty good family dogs, too. They're so. super sweet, and they mm-hmm. get a bad rap. Yeah. Um, every every Pit Bull and, and uh, American Bulldog I've ever been around, they're always, like, super... Incredibly nice. Yeah, yeah. they're nice, sweet, like, just lovey. Mm-hmm. They're, they're great. Yeah. Um, yeah. My sister has, like, two, three, I think. Yeah. And they've had many over the years. They've had they're great with kids. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, so those are our favorite dog breeds. Um, <laughs> None of which are the dogs we currently own because we rescue our dogs, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so that's, that's our topic today. We're talking about dogs. We'll hope you guys enjoyed it. I know I had a lot of fun talking about yes. it. This was fun to research because I just got to look at pictures of dogs all day. It was great. Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll also share some links. Um, on the the dog breeds 
Um, again, our coffee today was Big Trouble Coffee by Counterculture Coffee. Um, it was really good. Sam wasn't quite a fan, but I really like it. Um, other than that, I'm, I'm really glad you guys, you know, got to join us today. Thank you so much. Um, again, we're going to be releasing this one a little bit early, so On this is a special day. treat for you guys. Go celebrate Dog Day by adopting a dog. Yeah. So, uh, you can find us on Instagram at date night at the coffee shop. You can also email us anytime date night coffee shop at gmail.com. Uh, send us some topic suggestions, some coffee suggestions. Um, just shoot us your favorite dog breeds. Who knows? Send us pictures of dogs. Send please. us pictures of your dogs. Yeah. That'd be great. Um, but Stay again, new to your pets. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> be a responsible pet owner. Yes. Um, but again, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, hope you continue to follow us and until next time. Bye guys. See y'all.